learn something. Okay. Um, okay, so we're going to start this week right, right from the beginning of the Parsha. Um, and yeah, you didn't face the Yerid Torah for Shabbos. You know? Okay, so I won't steal it. You'll be good. Um, I'll delay posting. Okay, um, so let's start right from the beginning. The beginning of the Parsha talks about something that we probably have seen before, but maybe, you know, we're going to ask a question actually this today, not on the, maybe on the Torah itself also, but in a kind of a different way, on Chazal themselves, about how they address a certain challenge in the, in the Parsha. So let's take a look at the beginning and we'll see, we'll go from there. Parsha begins, So Hashem tells Moshe to tell Aaron and say to him, when you, this is itself a problem, but we're not going to do it so much. You would say what? Not the word, you would say, or something like that, right? Um, so when you do that, you're going to stand in front of them and you're going to be standing in t- towards the middle, whatever, you're going to light all seven of them. Aaron did exactly what Hashem committed him to do. And then the Torah continues, So this is also how the menorah was constructed. It was made totally out of, out of silver. And the way Hashem showed Moshe, that's how he made the menorah. So that's all like very nice and good, except we're like sort of in the wrong safer of Tanakh, safer of the Torah, right? This really belongs where? Bayekra or even end of Shmos, even, right? It's one or the other, right? Meaning this is either a Bayekra, this is how the Kohanim serve in the Mikdash, right? In the Mishkan, or it belongs, you know, in the end of Sefer Shmos, when we talked about the creation of the Monoah, it doesn't really belong here at all. Right, the how you light the menorah, that's not really relevant to our certainly if we know what's gonna happen later on in Safer by Midbar, but Midbar is all about the people tra- trying to travel to Israel and how they end up messing up and don't get there. This, this this whole thing doesn't really go at all. Right? And Rashi actually points it out and asks the question, source number two. So Rashi says, because what is the story that takes place just before this this story? Is the story of the Nasiyim, right? The twelve, the twelve paragraphs that are all exactly the same, where every Nasi brings his own korban on behalf of his right, and that's a different kasha. Why do they do that? But we didn't meet last week, so we didn't talk about it. Um, but right, that that is um, all. The end of last week's parsha, the last two aliyahs, is all that story, right? The Chanukahs Hamizbeach when they first, you know, uh, consecrated the Mizbeach to use it uh, in the Mishkan, and just as that's over, now Aaron is told, "This is how you're going to light the menorah." And it really doesn't belong here. Right? And that's what, that's what Rashi's asking is, what, what are you putting it here for? What, what do I need this story of Aaron letting the menorah right here after the Hanukkah Samishkan? It's totally, it seems, to a certain extent, totally irrelevant. Why could you argue, by the way, that's not totally irrelevant? The Hanukkah Samishkan is what? It's the beginning of them using the Mishkan. So why is this story of Aaron not totally irrelevant? That's another way you use it, right? They're starting to use the Mishkan, so Aaron, okay, so Aaron is also going to be doing his job in the Mishkan. So it's not totally irrelevant, but it's, a, it's kind of a funny thing to, to, to place here. So what's the answer? Look at Rashi. What's the answer? So Why so many? Why, what's the connection between these two stories? When Aaron saw 
Nasi after Nasi after Nasi, each head of the tribe bring their own korban. Chalsha Daito, he became, literally means his mind became weak, right? He became sad, yeah, he felt bad. He feels like left out, right? Shalohaya Imahem Bachanuka, he didn't have anything to do, he's not included. What, what, what's the proof? The, the Levim don't bring a korban. And all of the, every single shaver brings one. The head of the shaver brings one. He's the head of a shaver too. It's called a shaver of Levi. And he doesn't do anything. The Levim are left out. And he does nothing. So he feels bad. Lo who? Velo shifto. Not him. And not his shaver. So he feels bad that he had nothing to do. And he feels bad about it. So what happens? So Hashem says to him, Chayacha shelcha gedola mishalahem. What you have, Aaron, is greater than what they have. Don't you worry. Shiatamalik. Because you are going to light and metiv means like clean out. You're going to clean out and set up the menorah. So you're, you're better than them. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to feel bad. You're actually better. So now you can stuff it in there. Right? Like, it makes what? you feel like, like when it pays off cleaning time. And they're like, hey, look at ladies. You're so lucky to get to clean it. What a wonderful school. It's like, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay, that's one. That's one kasha. Why? Why is the why lighting and the cleaning the menorahs? Okay. Yeah. Or any other questions on this, Maimar Chazal? Well, also right before the Nesiim, right before they give the karban, we have something very, very special of the Levium, and that's Birkat Kohanim. Okay, so Aaron does have so special like, things, and that comes even before, like everyone okay. gets karban. So I just like okay. Kohanim, what else is special that Aaron has? Partial right before it talks mm-hmm. about all the things that the Levium are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Levim are special. We're going to talk later on how the Levim actually, later on the Parsha, the Levim actually swap with the Bechoros, right? The Bechoros, the, all the Bechoros have to relinquish their Kedusha and give it over to the Levim. That's like pretty bad news for the Bechor and pretty good news for the Levi. Right? The Levim do, are doing okay, right? Okay, so, so can I summarize that question as, why does Aaron feel so bad? It wasn't a big deal. Really? He feels so bad? Okay. Good. And then what's the corollary question, maybe? What's the, the other side of the answer? Other side of the question? Why does this make him feel better? Yeah, why does he feel better? Right, what, what is it about making him feel better? But you can tell him what you think. Why does he feel bad, number one? And how does this make him feel better? It's like this, like, you know, oh, he feels terrible. Like, he's an adult. He's a grown man. He's 83 years old. More like 85. <laughs> right he's not like a little kid. He's not 17. You know what I mean? Like... He feels so bad, and like, and like, hey, now he feels better. Like, oh, now it's now it's all bad. like, what, what is this? What's going on here, right? Um, maybe. So the question is, why would this make him feel better? Yeah. Maybe because this is like carbonate that that happens like with regularity, but okay. like this, like putting up the lamps for the first time, that's like creating the fixture. Okay. It's like a unique moment. In time. A unique moment. He's having a unique opportunity. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. What else? Maybe it's really not that not that Aaron really felt bad, but it's really just a lesson as we learn Torah that like even when sometimes we focus on one group of people and like what their jobs and responsibilities are, always know that everyone is unique and has their own, you know, role and responsibility and relationship with God. Like, I mean, like Chazal, nice playing this up a little bit. Like Aaron yeah. didn't even feel so bad. Like he was okay. Chazal died, though. Like maybe like for him, maybe meant like. You know, he felt a little right. like he wasn't like in the corner, right. you know, crying to his mom. He was like, but, but he. Like, what you're saying is, I think, like, yeah, just like a lesson of just like there are people who who really, when there are, let's say, women who want to put on spelling, and I think the vast majority, go for it. The vast majority of people in our world are just like, 
what do you need that for? You need something else? Why is that important to you? But what you're saying is what's important to you is important to you. And like, I also see like people who go off the derach and they're like, well, I want to be able to wear X, Y, and Z. I'm like, do you care about wearing X, Y, and Z? But that's what they want. That's what makes them, you know, that's... So the Torah is, the Torah is focusing... Everyone has their own unique needs and what's important to them. Okay, so meaning the Torah is saying... Meaningful to them. So, me, so meaning Aaron was upset or Aaron wasn't upset? Aaron was. He was and upset. What, and that mattered to him. Because this mattered to him. And it mattered to him. Right, it mattered to him. And so he... That matters. Meaning, meaning that he's saying the Torah is pointing out not that like... It was valid or invalid. It doesn't. That's not the it's point. Valid if it matters. It, but it's valid if it's mm-hmm. if it's oh, if it's. That's a good lesson in relationships, right? If it bothers, you, I feel, and you can always say I feel, right? I, right? If it matters, if it matters to you, it matters to me. Okay, there you go. Right? So, okay, that's what we all talk. That's that all social workers about feelings. Well, I mean, there's a different order in that. Also, it's not that like if Aaron didn't feel bad, then Hashem wouldn't have given him the menorah. No, 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 no. Aaron was getting the menorah. Right. So it's not about like, well, what if Aaron feels bad, then Hashem's saying, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's not about that. It's really the opposite. It's that for Aaron to recognize, even if you're feeling bad about that you don't get to do that, you have other, you have, everyone should stay in their lane. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, but, you, but that's the opposite right. argument. Right? The opposite right. argument. One argument is, one argument is, is if yeah. you feel that way, then, then the Bon Shalom recognizes that that doesn't mean you can solve it for you necessarily, but it's, but it, your pain is valid. The other side is like, but how do I deal with that? Not by yes, like getting everything that I want, right, but, but, but meaning that's not really better. It's not really better, but it's, uh, but it, it's, it, this is for you. Right, this is your, your responsibility. Good. Okay, good. So let's see. Let's see how we go along. So the Rashbam kind of notices this and taps into to this question also. The Rashbam doesn't ask the question, but Baaloscha, what is he, what goes on here? It says this Rashbam, source number three, right? Rashbam is always, as we always say, simple shot. Doesn't want anything fancy. Doesn't want a medrash. He wants to tell me based on the text what's going on here. So he writes, Since the lighting of the menorah, so he focuses not on the first time, but on the daily sense that the menorah will be lit every single day, right? So that, the fence, since it's a tadir thing, right? It is something that happens daily. He's Skira Khan. It's mentioned here. Why is the, what's the Rashbam asking? Why is it mentioned here? What's it going on here, right? Why, he's asking the same question, right? What is this doing here? He says, no, that's because this is, happens every single day. Right, so therefore, it's mentioned here. Okay, even though we finished building the home. Okay, the Rashbam again is also bothered. It was done already. The end of end of Sefer Shmos, we finished building the Mishkan. So why? It was never really finished because it's always happening. Okay, you like that? You don't like that? It's kind of like Tadir Vishenu, Tadir Tadir Kodam. Right. Like- you know, just reminding you, like, oh, okay, so we have to do this first. We always have this to has to keep going, right? So he, but here he's arguing almost like it's since it's tadir, it's never really out of place. Yeah. Right? Like it always, it's, it's always, like always there. It's always there. It's like, so here's a reminder, like, you always have to do this. Right, which, by the way, he's not addressing the, the question of the midrash, right? Which I right. felt bad, but it could. Right? Right. No, the answer could be like, they keep, this is always this is right. So this could answer the midrash also by okay. saying that you're worried about their one time, the, the one time show. That's great. They, they did it once, right? They each get their one day to show up, but you get it every day. Right? You're you're going to do something much less flashy, yeah. right? But much more significant because you're going to be there every single day. So maybe the Rashbam is not himself right. addressing the medrash, but perhaps it's related. Let's see. But the Ramban is going to go directly at the medrash. 
and he's bothered by it. Look in source number four. So Ramban in source number four says, Lonis Barely, Lama Nachamo Balakos Aneros. I don't get it. Why does he feel better right, with the Neros? He also brings Ketoros in the morning and the night also. Right? The, 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 um, the Nisim also brought Ketoros. But he brings it every day, morning and night. Why, why does that make him feel better? Right? So he writes, and keep it going, two lines down where it's underlined. What's he so, worried? What's he so sad about? Now, why is he upset? What does that even mean? His, his korban is better than all the Nesim. He, he argues he was involved during this time. He didn't have a korban for the Levium, but Aaron was involved the whole time. So what is even going on here? You want to say that his was required. Meaning they, they brought an extra special gift, right? It was extra. So he couldn't do something extra. He had to bring something that was required, which we know, by the way, in general is better. We rule, right? we, we, we pass in that. Right? If you're required to do something and you do it, it's actually greater, right? Because it's harder to do. But nevertheless, he doesn't understand. So he's going to explain it now. Where it's bolded. What's this all about? Takes this totally in a different direction. He says, You know what this is all about? What is the menorah that we're talking about? We're not talking about the menorah. Again, we are. We're talking about the menorah in the, in the, in the Mishkan. But he says, This is all here to be Meramis, to symbolize, to give us like a hint at the Chanukah's ha, 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 menorah, which is going to happen thousands of years later, during, thousand years later or so, right? During Bayashani. Who are going to be the people who are going to set up the menorah again that time? Aaron's children, children the Matisyao and his children, who are, who are actually Aaron's great great grandchildren. Okay. And he says, I'm not, I didn't make it up. He says, had this in some, some hidden Megillah that said, He quotes this Midrash. The 12 tribes brought and Levi didn't bring anything. Moshe tell Aaron what? There's going to be another Chanukah Samizbeach. And it's going to involve lighting the menorah. Vani osa bali Yisrael ayde banecha nisim v'chua v'chanuka shekrua ashemam. Don't worry, Aaron. You're going to have a chance to set up the menorah, and it's going to happen by you guys. V'hi chanukas bnei chashmonai ulofikach hismich parshazu the parshas chanukas hamizbeach. And that's why you take chanukas hamizbeach, the mizbeach you set up the first time, connected to. Aaron lighting the menorah as a, as a remez. It's not explicit, but as a remez to this idea that Aaron is going to later be later on going to be the one to reset up the base. I mean, just the whole thing. How? The main way? Through the lighting the menorah. That's Ram Bauman's story. You like, you don't like that. I see a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of scowls. Yeah, tell me. Why? That's like almost your example of like the rabbi saying like, don't worry. In like 20 years, you're also going to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that? I don't even what understand the logic in that. Okay.
Okay, go to you. What, what do you mean I don't understand the logic? I don't understand the logic. I knew you weren't going to like it, so let's go. <laughs> but I thought it was so crazy. No, saying, like, it's crazy around Bonsai. You can see where Silvetti takes that, connects this. But it sounds, it's very out there. I'm just confused. This is not like, a, and this is not the wrong, this is not like, you know, I didn't bring you some like, you know, modern, this is the Ramban. Yeah. So the question is, why did the Ramban want to like, say a different show a, a Remit like, he did. Why, why did he want to? Yeah, like, He's telling you he found it somewhere else. He found it in Rabbeinu Nisim. He didn't make it up. Okay, He's saying I didn't make this up. This is this is this I found in Rabbeinu Nisim. That this is an answer to this measure. But it's like if the time of Rabbeinu Nisim where people like going like, why are we at a, a holiday here? Like what's going on? But Rabbeinu Nisim is also a reshon. He's living in New York. Thousand eleven hundred is not like. Interesting, like why they went. It through. sounds so. It's like yeah. it's like it's like so yeah. out there. It's like I'm taking a little remez from here, so that's a remez to that. So maybe this could connect a little bit. Like if I would tell you, like, oh, it's a remez to your matzno, you'd be like, yeah, I'm at it. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I think we're done this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it's yeah. just commentaries that are like that. The, the Ramban does not typically. That's like so like mystical. Like, well, the, uh, so the Ramban is mystical. Yeah. The Ramban is very kabbalistic. The Ramban has a, does have a lot of. Explanations where he says like he explains that Indians has like and I can't even explain to you the rest. You just have to if you understand it or like sorry. <laughs> the Ramban does have a lot of Kabbalistic mystical um, pieces in his commentary. That's definitely true. So it's not so, but but this is I think the thing that's harder about this is it seems like a remnant is something that doesn't exist in the Torah. Yeah. Right. The Han- Han- Hanukkah is a is a holiday that's totally rabbinic. It's it's set up by, by Chazal after some historical experience had happened, and they believe there's a requirement to, to do that and to set up a Yante for it. But it do, like, it's very, this is a very hard, this is, you, you hear this like in like, you know, Machshavasvar, uh, they talk like, oh yeah, a connection between Sukkis and Hanukkah, and then, you know, the but, but it sounds very weird, right? right? But the Gemara does say where we find per, is it where we find per, per Torah? Where we just find the, the people. The Torah does say we do have a Gemara to say like a Haman Amina Torah Minayin. Yeah, like, you know, how do you find Haman? Yeah, but that, but even that is just is meant totally as a drush, and this is a drush also. But it, it just it, it happens to be very interesting. So so I'll so I'll tell you take the most we sound feel like very esoteric and out there chat, and I'll tell you a person who is very feel uh, straightforward uh, philosopher Rabbi Solveitchik, <laughs> who grabs onto this. Not, okay. Not a big cat. Not well, yeah. I mean, he he was in his own way, but not but not exactly correct. So they tell a story. They tell a story that in the summers the road would be in, in onset in Cape Cod, and so he would he would go for the summer to you know and and, and students would come, and he used to want to teach. At one point, he wanted to teach Tanya, because he had a, the rub had a had a rebbe. He had a rebbe, a Babich rebbe, his first rebbe when he was a kid. Um, and he sat and he and he was teaching Tanya, and at one point, like he realized like. The Chavah didn't want to hear him say Tana. They wanted to hear him give pshat, you know, say pshat in the Rambam from Rechaim. Like they weren't interested in his mystical stuff. And they say he said, so they say, I don't know, they say the story that he took the Tana and put it back on the shelf, and he said they want Salavechik's mind. They don't want Salavechik's heart. You know, he said like, like they're not interested. You know, they, they, don't, they don't want to hear that from you. We're just willing to hear the Rav teach Tanya. You know, Can you imagine. But but yeah, but but fine. But anyways, my point is that right. So the Rav was connected to this musical stuff. Anyways, but he but he attaches himself to this, and he said a whole shot in this, in this Ramban. And he said like this. Look in source number five. The Rambam writes about about Hanukkah. I, this is not a shir on Hilchos Hanukkah, but it came up. So you see how we'll see how it connects. And it's not the only pshat we're going to say, hopefully. So the Ram, the Ram writes like this: Mitzvah near Chanukah, Mitzvah Chaviva he ad maod. The Mitzvah of near Chanukah is super special. The Rambam doesn't write like that usually. 
Okay, the Rambam doesn't write like that about anything. That's not the Rambam. The Rambam tells you the halacha. He doesn't tell you like, it's so nice and you should enjoy it and it should be, you know, gishmak. That's not how the Rambam talks. The Rambam talks like, this is the halacha, this is what you got to do and then you do that and then you do this. And you have to be careful about it in order to publicize the miracle. Right? In order to make it clear to everybody the Nisim that Kharash Baruch did during the times of Hanukkah. And the question the Rav asks is, why does the Rambam say this language by Ner Hanukkah specifically? Why, why is it so chaviva ad ma'od? What is it about the Ner of Hanukkah? And he points out in source number six, the Gemara in Shabbos also says something very interesting. There, when it talks about the, not the, the menorah not in, the, in the times of Hanukkah, but the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. It says like this, parochos you would set up the menorah outside the, the parochas, right? The, the, the menorah sat inside the kodesh, right? Outside the kodesh kadoshim, but inside the regular kodesh. And it would sit there. And the Gemara asks, did they, they, Why are you lighting, lighting menorah for? They need the light of the menorah so they needed it, like you couldn't see otherwise. They were walking the, in, the, in the midbar. What, what light did they have? They had the amud of Hashem, they didn't need a light in the, the menorah in the Beis Hamidosh. It had no, in the Mishkan, it had no real purpose in the sense of, it wasn't utilitarian in any way, right? So what was the purpose of the light? Says the Gemara, Ela edosi olam shora The purpose of that light of the menorah was to do one thing and one thing only. It was a testimony to everyone in the world that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hangs out with Am Yisrael. Like there was there. a light. But no one saw that. So like, Ner Tamid was the Ner that was lit constantly in, right. the, in, the, in the base of Megdash right. and stayed lit all the time. It was always lit. So that was a Eidos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hangs out with us. By the way, it was lit by human beings. It was lit by Aaron, right? But the Ner of the menorah had that, had that purpose. It had that purpose. Why does it have to be the menorah and not the end? Nothing else. Great question. Like now we don't there's something the about the menorah. There's something about the menorah Right, which is right near, near midst of the Torah, or the the menorah is always supposed to be representative of of Torah, yeah. but it's it's that relationship. It shows that relationship. And let's take a look at the Rav writes in source number four, uh, source number seven. Okay, he writes like this. This is from the Sefer, the Rav thinking aloud, where he talks about he he quotes this, this guy Rabbi Holzer, who was the Rav the Rav Shamis, and he would tape every you know every conversation he had with the Rav. And he would listen to the, to the Shalash, you know, to these drushes he would give, and he would, the ones that weren't on Shabbos, and he would, he would record them, and he literally took the recordings. Of, a lot of the things of the Rav, most things of the Rav, were, trans, you know, were, were rewritten and written in specific language. These, were, these are actual recordings of his actual words. Um, I've showed it to you before, I think. So he writes like this. Near Mikdash's testimony of Hashra's Hashrina. The Gemara asked in Shabbos, why didn't the Torah require it? That's the question we saw already. Let's keep the next paragraph. Near Hanukkah accomplishes... Hashras Hashchina in its own right. Apparently, Ner Hanukkah has the same quality. Ner Hanukkah is an edus of Hashras Hashchina Yisrael. In other words, the Ner Hanukkah which we light and which continues to burn, the Ner Hanukkah itself is mifarsem the nes. So we usually think of Ner Hanukkah as what? What is it? What does it publicize? Miracle. miracle of what? The oil. the oil, right? The miracle that we won that battle, and that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right? It's the battle of the. It was the battle, and then there was the oil, and the oil reflects that the battle was really Hashem. So we always think about it as being a testimony to what? To that moment in time, right? But there's something fascinating that the Rav points out also. We typically have, when it comes to mitzvot, especially mitzvot that are representative of the Mikdash, we call them what's called Zeichel HaMikdash. 
right? We pick up a lulav seven days, even though you only need it one day, really. Why? Because in the mikdash they picked up for seven days. Zeichel mikdash. We have lots and lots of things that we do as a zeichel and mikdash. You don't really have. We assume that sfirsa omer today is really only midra. But not only why we don't have a korban omer. We count. We count sfirsa why zeichel mikdash. The lady of the of the Chanukiah, right, is not said by anyone as a zeichel mikdash. Why? It's it's literally lighting the menorah in the base of mikdash. So why don't we call it zeichel mikdash? So the Rav argues that it's not appears. It's not about right remembering. The nace that was then. It's a continual, right? Pirsumenisa, that what? Hashchina Sharabi Israel, that Hashbarach was with us. So that makes a lot of sense to me because, like, I mean, think about Sukkot. It's just our way of, like, remembering it and connecting to that time. But I don't know, it's off topic, but, like, why is. Why is the understanding that we light the Hanukkah candles to remember the miracle when this makes so much more sense? Well, so, so it, it, it still is a remembrance. Well, let's, let's keep reading. Taylor, what he says. You're right, but keep, keep on going. Pirsume Nisa means, if you're in the, in the next piece there, that there's a gila shechina, right? there's a, a reflection of Hashem of the world through the Ner Hanukkah. Pirsume Nisa is a halacha that the same way that the Ner Tamid used to testify that the shechina shruya be Israel, so too does Ner Hanukkah, right? It's not just, yeah, there was like happened to be this, mitzvah, this, this miracle that happened through the menorah. No, the, the mitzvah, the, the nace happened through the menorah. Why? Because the menorah's job is to be that testimony that Kadosh Baruch Hu stays with us, right? So Ner Hanukkah is not a zeichel and mikdash, but actually the function of Ner Hanukkah is the edus. It's the testimony of the Shekhinah B'Yisrael. It's just a continuation of that same job as the menorah, right? Let us not forget that Yemei Chashmonayim, the main conflict between the Chashmonayim and, and the Misyavnim, right? The Chashmonayim and those, again, those Jews who became like Yivanim, the Jewish Yivanim actually centered around the problem of Bechiris Yisrael, right? Where, that we were chosen. Basically, what the Misyavnim wanted to do is to abandon our awareness of Bechiris Yisrael. What did the, what did the Yivanim make us write on the, on the horn of an ox? We're not special. Right? The whole job, the whole goal of Yavim was to show you're not special. Right? That was the whole point. Um, keep, next paragraph. And that's what the Gemara said, that the Neiros HaMikdash were the Eidos that the Shekhinah is present in Israel. And this is the function of Ner Hanukkah. It's the same function all those years. And he says that in particular, according to the Ravid and the Ramban in Chumash, Ner Hanukkah actually represents the Ner Mikdash. Now that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the testimony of Bechir Yisrael was turned over to the Ner Hanukkah. Right? It's, it just switches. That's why Ner Hanukkah is Pirsu Menisa. Not Pirsu Menisa like Ner Hanukkah tells us about the Chaste Hashem. Ner Hanukkah is more than, than, than that. Ner Hanukkah itself is identif- identical with Gila Shechina. And the lighting of the candle of Ner Hanukkah means to testify and to declare all over again that Shechina Shruya Israel. Okay? So now let's go. So now the, Ram- the Rambam's highest regard for Ner Hanukkah is in place. I get it now. Right? If you say Laharos Es Hanes means just a nace, an event, then you don't understand it. It's the same as every other nace. There's one portion of Shemen. This portion of Shemen is consumed in eight nights. There's a, there's a nace. There's something supernatural about it. But why is it Laharus Lagada Ner Hanukkah Mitzvah Chaviva? Why is it so special? I mean, we have many mitzvahs which are basically for Nisim and so forth. But if Ner Hanukkah is more than that, if Ner Hanukkah represents the relationship of Kadosh and Yisrael, Bechiris Yisrael, this is a different story. And if that's true, I bring it back to our original question. Why did Aaron feel better when he's told, at least according to this Jerush? Right, when he's told... Because what he's doing is going to be like the symbol in perpetuity for the rest of time for all Jews. Even when we're out of the Mikdash. Yeah. Even when there is no base on Mikdash. Your, your kids, Aaron, are going to be the ones 
who remind us that even when it's gone, Hashchina Shri Bisa, because they're going to light the menorah in the base of Mikdash after there's no Mishkan, and they're going to light it in their houses even when there's no, no Mikdash anymore. Right? That Shalchak, that, that, with this one time, this one moment of, of, of flash and excitement, that's great. You're going you're gonna to be the one who reminds us that the Yubon Shalom stays with us no matter what. Right, not the Kohanim anymore. Good, but we, only, but we only do it because? Because the Hashemunayim stood up. If the Hashemunayim wouldn't have stood up right. and said, Mila Hashem were standing up against, against again, again, they weren't just standing up against the Yavanim, they were standing up against fellow Jews who were going along with them. And they said, we're not doing this. It's very graphic, actually, what happened in these, those stories. I'm going to get into it. Right, but the things that, they, that they, they wanted the Jews to do, and what Jew, many Jews were willing to do, shechting pigs and all kinds of stuff, and they said, we're, at, we're, we're not doing this. Right? They killed fellow Jews right, in order to stand up and say, this is not who we are. We are different. We are unique. The Yubam Shalom is with us. It's the message of the menorah that Aaron would light every single day. And his children and grandchildren and grandchildren would continue to light every day in the Mikdash that gives them the koch to say, actually, we're going we're gonna to stay right here. And we're not going to do anything different. And it's only because of them that all of Am Yisrael continues to learn that message. So, in a sense, is, again, it's a drush, right. is, is that Aaron's chalik is going to be the one that keeps this going. That's one answer. Okay, that's one answer. I'll share with you one other answer. One other answer. Um, and this is, this is a different answer that also the Rav says on this, this shot. And the Rav says a different shot here also. And he says like this, if you take a look, it's a little more uh, connected to the, to the shot, but you know, I don't know, not totally. We're honest about it when it is and when it's not, right? So the, take a look in source number eight. What do we say is going to happen? The, the, the people, all of the Nisim, what do they do? So each and every day they brought their own Korbanos and they brought their own Ketores. The Ketores is always seen as the ultimate korban, right? The ketores is the korban, is that, it's not really korban, right? It's the offering, that is the incense that's brought by the Kohen Gadol into the Kosh Kadashim on Yom Kippur. When Korach fights against Moshe Rabbeinu, what is the thing that the, everyone does? They all stay in the, in the showdown between the 250 guys and, and Aaron. What's the, what is the thing? They all take a fire pan and they offer ketores. It's always ketores. Ketores is like the highest... Not even of you, according to many. What did they bring, what they shouldn't have brought? The Ketores, right? It's always seen as this very high level. It's, it's super, um, it has this incredible potency, right? So it does tremendously powerful things, and it also is tremendously dangerous, right? The, the Ketores that way. That's why even, what, by the way, even if, if you would create the Ketores, some, some say that if you're saying the partial of Ketores, you can't leave it, you're not supposed to leave out a word. Because if you leave out a word, if you leave out one piece of the Ketorah, it's a Chayav Misa. So people are careful not even to miss a word when you say the Ketorah. So you don't have to, don't worry. But there's some posts that are not like that. We, don't, we, we assume not like that. But nevertheless, it's so powerful. The, each of the Nisim brought their own Ketorahs. Okay? And our own, according to some, was felt bad that he didn't get to bring his own special Ketorahs. But take a look at Torah Supper 8. Says the Torah, How did our own bring the Ketorahs? V'iktir alav our own Ketorahs samim, baboker baboker. Aaron would bring the Ketoros every single day. When would he bring them? Yeah. When was the time that he brought the Ketoros? At the time they lit the candles. That's funny. I thought this time he, that he brings the Ketoros. Right? Why, why are you connecting Ketoros <laughs> to the, the Neros? Why do they go together? It seems like a strange thing to say. Okay, he's going to do one after the other. Why put the two together? 
So the Rav argues that they each represent something very different. Right? The Ketoris always represents like this mystery, right? The cloud, a fog, this like mysterious spirituality, right? Not of an view. Passion, excitement, personal desire to come closer to Bon Shalom, that's what Ketoris is all about, right? It's, it's like this. That's why the, that's why the, B'nai, the Korach's merry men bring it, right? That's why that's why not even a view bring it, and that's why it has this. That's why the even the Nisim bring it, right? It's this like very excited. I want to come closer to Bnei Shalom. What does the Menorah represent? Kinnar Mitzvah Torah represents like an intellectual connection to Kadosh Baruch. Okay, so it says Bnei Shalom to Aaron Shalchach Gedol Mishalehem. Yeah, they're gonna bring the Ketoris, but they're bringing a Ketoris that is not balanced. They're bringing a Ketoris that doesn't have a balance. Doesn't have the balance of Menorah. Because right? you need both. You need the fire, and you also need the boundaries right? and the background and the, right? and the, and the, the, you know, the, the entire framework through which to generate or, or allow that passion to, 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 to not go through unbridled. And so the Rav argues, what Kadosh Baruch was saying to Aaron, this is a, rather than being a national answer for him, right? this is sort of like the personal Baruch Hashem answer. Right? And he says, look at source number nine. So he writes, the colorful religious experience is represented by Ketoris. Clear intelligence and action is represented by the Menorah. The Torah, however, admonished us that the burning of the incense be coordinated with the lighting of the Menorah. The mystery of feeling with clarity of thinking and acting, the excitement and passion of craving God must be united, right? not, not put away, but united, with the serenity and peace of halachic comprehension and implementation. Yes, there's a parallel, a parallel order of experience and peace, of romance and discipline, of thought and feeling. Both are necessary, right? The Rav wanted to teach Tanya also, right? Um, and Keturus cannot be separated from Halakas Neros. The Halakhic detail and precision is necessary if one wants to attain the great, colorful religious experience. So according to this, it's a totally different answer. Where he's just saying that Aaron, they, yeah, they get that, but they don't have the balance that you want. And they don't have the balance that, that is expected of us. And that, Aaron, you're, you provide the framework so you can have both. And that's something very different. I Meaning in a certain sense, like, almost like that, they can do it once, you do it daily. Right? You, can, you can one time show up and say, yeah, I'm excited now, I'm going to do it one time. So that's great. But you're, you're teaching us right, day by day, you're going to bring the Korban Talmud every single day, you're going to bring the, the Ketaris with the, with the Menorah every single day. You're going to show Klai Yisrael for generations, what it means to have that type of balance in Avodah Hashem, to have passion and excitement, and to have it within a certain framework. And to have both, that's going to be something that, um, that, no, that no one else has. So h- how does that answer how he's going to feel better? How does it answer how he feels better? Because only he can yeah. provide yeah. You know, both. He provides the real, the real, like he provides the real lesson, right? That, that one-time show is exciting, but it doesn't show us the real, the real lasting the real last night. It's the same thing. Like that's, you know, uh, Eliyahu and Har Karmel, all these stories, right? That we don't, we don't change from an ace, right? We don't, we don't become different people because we experience a one-time ex- experience. We become different when we take that experience and we channel it, right? We channel it into, into, the, into the everyday. We channel it into something that we do consistently, right? That's, that's going to be the real difference. Or, or when, we, when we box it in appropriately with the right, you know, with the right rules and regulations, we make it, spe- make it special. So these are, these are two, the truth is these are really both Drush answers to the question, I guess, but I, but I think, um, it, but it's it's a Drush answer to a medrash, so I guess that helps. Um, a medrash that otherwise I think is kind of like, huh? And I think you're right, by the way, Lana. Like, does it really mean that Aaron was sad? I don't know if it means Aaron was sad, but Aaron he felt something, right? He felt something, and the medrash says, well, let's use that as an opportunity to teach us something, maybe a national lesson, right? About the the 
the lasting legacy of Am Yisrael, that the Shechina Shruya B'neihem, right, that Kaddish Baruch is with us, and maybe a personal lesson, if you always find, right, of the way, the, the path forward in success in Avodah Hashem, that balance between passion and, you know, un- you know and, and intellect at the same time. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, okay. <laughs>